Hi, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to Off the Bench with Heidi St. John in this brand new year. Today is Tuesday, January 4th. Today, we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about sex, lies, and motherhood. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. I go over the headlines today, but I was looking through some of your questions and over and over and over again, the question of uh, transgenderism continues to come up. And so today I thought, you know, what, I'm going to take take it back to some things that we've talked about quite a bit uh, over the course of the last year and really direct you to what I think is a biblical approach to teaching children to see themselves through the lens that God created them through. In other words, he said in his word in Genesis I created them male and female in my image. And it's very, very important that our children see themselves uh, through the lens of scripture and through the lens of their creator, because uh, having a creator changes everything. It changes the the uh, topic of conversation from it's all about me to it's all about God. And what am I here for? What is my purpose? Uh, God said he created you on purpose with a purpose. And so we want our children to know that. And the world is doing a tremendous job right now of screwing up our kids. And that's the truth. And you guys have heard me say this a thousand times, pull your children out of public school. I don't care uh, how good the school is that your children are in. I promise you they are doing irreversible damage to your children. We're going to get into that a little bit today as well. But I want to remind you, we are starting a brand spanking new Bible study over at MomStrong International. We're going to teach you and your children how to study God's word. And so I'm going to encourage you, hop on over there and uh, learn to study the Bible with us because the, the reason why we are at the place that we are right now is because as Christians, I think in particular, we have really walked away from the most important thing, and that is knowing who we are through the lens of scripture. And for our children to be able to know who they are, they have to know who God is. And so for parents, you know, the source of what we teach our children about themselves has got to be rooted in scripture. And we need to be able to teach our children what the Bible says about them. And so uh, study God's word with me, you guys. I promise you, you'll be so glad that you did it. Uh, MomStrongInternational.com. Now is the time uh, to study the Bible with your children and get to know God yourself. And let's commit together in 2022 to stamp out biblical illiteracy. All right. So there's no better uh, guideline, by the way, for um, for self-esteem, for us to kind of know who we are, what our what our significance is, than to know what the Bible has to say about us. What does God have to say? Our children need to know that they were, according to Psalm 139, fearfully and wonderfully made. They are precious to God. Isaiah 43, 4 says that they are dearly loved. And the Bible tells us in John 3, 16, that God valued his relationship with them so much that he paid for it with his own son's life. But then they also need to know the rest of the story. The Bible teaches us in Romans 3, that at our core, we're all sinners. And that even our very best efforts, no matter how good we think we are, our very best efforts apart from God amount to filthy rags. We read this in Isaiah 64, and that if we're left to our own devices, we are nothing short of the enemies of God. And this isn't something that we say to harm our children's self-esteem. No, it's to let them know that they aren't perfect. And without anybody telling them, they learn it from their God-given conscience, right? So your your um, conscience is going to determine that little governor inside of you. And the Bible says that we are um, born sinful. 
And we want to come to understand that God loves us and that he has a plan for our lives. But we got to understand the whole truth, right, um, so that we can teach our children. So uh, the world right now is telling your kids, listen, uh, in fact, in Washington State here, it's, you know, you get locked out of your, your children's medical care. And I want to say right around the age of 13, which is criminal uh, in and of itself. It's another reason why... Uh, I want to see good people running for positions of authority. We have uh, tyrants and people who do not care about the traditional family nor the role of parents in positions of authority in the country right now, particularly locally. This is really hurting us. But remember, 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 your primary responsibility as a child, as a parent of children is to tell them the truth about who they are. Uh, in 2017, I released a book called Becoming Mom Strong, How to Fight with All That's in You for Your Family and your faith. And one of those chapters toward the end of the book is called Sex, Lies, and Motherhood. It is about the lies that we are telling our children about who they are. And we have focused so much on our outward appearance. We're watching this, um, you know, making sure that children feel absolutely comfortable. And if you even feel a little bit uncomfortable in your body, well, then something must be wrong. I wonder when are we going to get back to praising our children for their innate beauty that they have as human beings, for their abilities, for their um, intelligence. Remember, they didn't have a hand in making themselves that way. And so we want we give praise and glory to the Lord. And then when our children are being raised, we compliment their determination. We talk to them about character traits that they have that we see that God is using and shaping and forming. We rejoice in them taking uh, initiative right? And when we see changes happening in their lives and we're watching them really making an effort to do something, I think it's easy for a lot of parents to maybe look back uh, or look past rather those things because the the, um, culture right now is so focused on outward appearance. Years and years ago, uh, I read a book called The Search for Significance. It was a a book by Robert McGee that pretty much... uh, it changed the way that I saw myself because I came from a very unhappy home. I got married at 19 and I had a very low view of myself. It was really based on things that I had heard my whole life that were spoken to me and over me as a child and as a young adult. And I really needed to change my view of myself in order to be the woman that God wanted me to be. And so my mom signed me up uh, at a church called Hinson Memorial Baptist a long time ago in Portland. Uh, and I took a class called The Search for Significance. And it really uh, it really changed my mind. If you've got young people that are struggling with their identity right now, which is what this crisis is all about, the transgender movement, this is a crisis of identity. The enemy has come in and he is doing what the Bible says he's going to do, kill, steal, destroy, starting with the battlefield of the mind, because that is where this particular battle is being uh, won or lost. So there's a book called The Search for Significance. It's a student edition. Uh, I really like it. It'd be a great thing for you guys to go through with your children. Um, And the back of the book says, um, you know, you might, you know, if you could read minds, you might be surprised at what some of your friends are thinking. Am I cool? Am I funny? What do people think about me? Am I attractive? But worrying about what other people think can take all the fun out of life. There is a way to avoid feeling like you don't fit in, a way to feel confident and happy about who you are. In the search for significance, you'll discover the lies you've believed about who you are, lies that might be robbing you of experiencing real joy. You will also learn how to test your fear of rejection and learn how to overcome the issues you struggle with most often. This is your chance to change everything by changing the way that you think. Uh, Anyway, it's a great book. 
um, and a couple of our teenagers have gone through the Search for Significant Student Edition. And uh, it really, the, the reason I liked the book is it really does expose the four major deceptions that Satan tries to sell us about who we are. And so even though uh, many of us listening to the show have put our trust in Christ, uh, we often find ourselves believing these things. And it's because I think that, you know, the Bible is completely right. We, every day, we have to give our heart and our mind and our will over to the control of the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, help me, because otherwise um, it's the mind that we struggle with, right? The thoughts that come into our heads, thoughts about who we are, who other people are. And we can learn to counter those lies with God's truth, with the word, with the word uh, that comes from the Bible and his plan to bring us back to the destiny for which he originally created us, which is to become more and more like Jesus as we walk with the Lord. So of course, Satan hates us. He's opposed to us becoming who God wants us to be. And I think he has convinced most of the world that, that this equation of life is true. Self-worth equals performance plus other people's opinions. And so if we base our worth on our ability to perform uh, on an ever-changing approval standard in the country, in which right now, and I'm going to talk about transgenderism for just a minute, right now, the the main area that the enemy is lying to our children is in the area of human sexuality. This is having a devastating impact on our kids. They're making life-altering decisions that are based on a lie, this lie that you can magically uh, change your DNA. And I have met people out on the road who have uh, succumbed to this. We're talking about young girls having mastectomies, radical mastectomies, because they don't feel confident in their in their own bodies. And this thing sort of snuck up on us, right? Uh, I remember when I was talking about this seven or eight years ago, because there was an article that came out in Time Magazine, and I just remember thinking, we're never going to fall for this. We, we surely, we're not this stupid, but we are. And we're very easily... Um, very easily deceived. And this is where I think the transgender um, epidemic is really sweeping through the culture right now. If you've never, there's a book, I'm going to try to get her on the show uh, this year, but Abigail Schreier is the author of a book called Irreversible Damage, The Transgender Craze Seducing Our Daughters. And this is what she wrote in the, uh, the jacket of the book. Until just a few years ago, Gender dysphoria, severe discomfort in one's biological sex, was vanishingly rare. It was typically found in less than 0.01% of the population, emerged in early childhood, and afflicted males almost exclusively. But today, whole groups of female friends in colleges, high schools, and even middle schools around the country are coming out as transgender. These are girls who never experienced any discomfort in their biological sex until they heard a coming out story from a speaker at a school assembly or discovered the internet community of trans, quote, influencers. By the way, you guys, if you have teenagers in your home, or maybe they're just, you know, 11, 12-ish right in there, uh, I hope you're watching what accounts they're following on social media. In fact, you know, I would love to say just hide your kids from social media, but that's almost impossible to do. The The damage that is being done to our children because of these people who are being devastatingly untrue to the people that they're lying to is almost incalculable. Uh, Abigail goes on to say, unsuspecting parents are awakening to find their daughters enthralled 
to hip trans YouTube stars and, quote, gender-affirming educators and therapists who push life-changing interventions on young girls, including medically unnecessary double mastectomies and puberty blockers that can cause permanent infertility. Abigail Schreier, a writer for the Wall Street Journal, has dug into the trans epidemic, talking to girls, their agonized parents, and the counselors and doctors who enable gender transitions, as well as to detransitioners, which are young women who bitterly regret what they have done to themselves. Coming out as transgender immediately boosts these girls' social status, Schreier finds. But once they take the first steps of transition, it is not easy to walk it back. She offers urgently needed advice on how parents can protect their daughters. A generation of girls is at risk. Abigail Schreier's essential book will help you understand the trans craze and what it is and how you can inoculate your child against it or how you can retrieve your daughter from this dangerous path. Now, she obviously, she's writing about uh, girls and the, and what transgenders is, is doing to girls. We see what it's doing to girls' sports because of boys who are saying, no, I'm a girl, so I'm going to go ahead and compete uh, on your daughter's swim team, or I'm going to run track with your daughter. And we know that this uh, is devastating. It's going to have a devastating impact because men and women are not the same. And the fact that we are even having to talk about this in the public square just shows you the depth of the depravity that we have embraced as a culture. But listen to this. This is a little bit from uh, from Abigail's book in chapter two called The Puzzle. In 2016, Lisa Littman, OBGYN turned public health researcher and mother of two, was scrolling through social media when she noticed a statistical peculiarity. Several adolescents, most of them girls from her small town in Rhode Island, had come out as transgender, all from within the same friend group. With the first two announcements, I thought, wow, that's great, Dr. Lippman said in a light New Jersey accent, tweaking her vowels. Then came announcements three, four, five, and six. Dr. Lippman knew almost nothing about gender dysphoria. Her research interests had been confined to reproductive health, abortion stigma, and contraception. But she knew enough to recognize that the numbers were much higher than than, and, than the prevalent data would have predicted. I studied epidemiology, and when you see the numbers that greatly exceed your expectations, it's worth it to look at what might be causing it. Maybe it's a difference of how you're counting. It could be a lot of things, but you know, those were high numbers. And in fact, they turned out to be unprecedented. In America and across the Western world, adolescents were reporting a sudden spike in gender dysphoria, the medical condition associated with social designation with the social designation transgender. Between 2016 and 2017, the number of gender surgeries for natal females in the U.S. quadrupled, with biological women suddenly accounting for, as we have seen, 70% of all gender surgeries. In 2018, the U.K. reported 4,400% rise over the previous decade in teenage girls seeking gender treatment. In Canada, Sweden, Finland, and the U.K., clinicians and gender therapists began reporting a sudden and dramatic shift in the demographics of those presenting with gender dysphoria from predominantly preschool age boys to predominantly adolescent girls. Dr. Littman's curiosity snagged on the social media post she'd seen. Why would a psychological ailment that had been almost exclusively in the province of boys suddenly befall teenage girls? And why would the incidence of gender dysphoria be so much higher in friend clusters? Maybe she missed something. She immersed herself in the scientific literature on gender dysphoria. She needed to understand the nature, presentation, and common treatment of the disorder. 
Dr. Lippman began preparing a study of her own, gathering data from parents of trans-identifying adolescents who had no childhood history of gender dysphoria. The lack of childhood history was critical. As we have seen, gender dysphoria typically begins in early childhood, and that was true for the small number of natal girls who presented with it. Dr. Lippman wanted to know what she was seeing and why. Was it a new variant on an old affliction or something else entirely? She assembled 256 detailed parent reports and analyzed the data. Her results astonished her. Two patterns stood out. First, the clear majority, 65% of adolescent girls who discovered transgender identity in adolescence, quote, out of the blue, had done so after a period of prolonged social media immersion. Second, the prevalence of transgender identification within some girls' friends group was more than 70 times the expected rate. But why? Dr. Littman knew that a spike in transgender identification among adolescent girls might be explained by one of several causes. Increased social acceptance of LGBTQ members might have allowed teenagers who would have been reluctant to, quote, come out in earlier eras due to... Uh, to do so today, for example, but this didn't explain why transgender identification was so sharply clustered in friend groups. Perhaps people with gender dysphoria naturally gravitated toward one another. Then again, the rates were so high, the age of onset had increased from preschool age to adolescence and the sex ratio had flipped. An atypical nature of this dysphoria occurring in adolescence with no childhood history of it nudged Dr. Littman toward a hypothesis everyone else had overlooked peer contagion. Dr. Littman gave this atypical expression of gender dysphoria a name, rapid onset gender dysphoria, or ROGD. This is a fascinating book, obviously not written from a, a biblical worldview, but I found it in a very, very uh, enlightening and it helped me understand what's going on. But the, the, the bottom line is, you guys, our children are being lied to. And the antidote to that lie is to have parents and people who are adults in this country stop going along with this and stop hurting our children. Uh, I met a young a young uh, woman recently who had a sister who was trying to transition. And this is, this is the thing. You 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 can't transition, and that's the point I'm trying to make. Your your DNA is not not going to be altered if you get into a car accident. The first thing they're going to ask is, is this a male or female? And I don't care how many body parts you swapped out for the ones that you weren't originally born with. Your DNA will not change. the The nature of the organs in your body and the placement of them and your body mass and your bone structure and all of it. If you are male or female, they're very very different. And the fact that we have allowed the medical community and this this actually, if you think about it, goes all the way comes full circle to. COVID. We have made an idol out of our medical establishment, and boy, are we paying a price for it. These Frankenstein surgeries that are taking place all around the country at hospitals such as Kaiser Permanente's gender, gender uh, pathways clinics, these are places in which young girls' bodies are being mutilated and young boys' bodies being mutilated on a regular basis. And all you got to do is look up stories like uh, Dr. Uh, Walt Hyman, who talks about his experience living as a woman and how deeply he regrets uh, making the physical changes that he had. Because by the time their mental, uh, their mental condition is treated, and really it goes back to teaching your children who they are. And this is what I wrote about in Becoming Momstrong way back in 2017 in Sex, Lies, and Motherhood. I took on the transgender community and said, we are doing irreparable harm to our children. Why would we not teach them? You are made in the image of God. You are beautiful the way that you are and help them to become, I'm not even saying gender dysphoria doesn't exist, but we've turned it into 
almost a cult-like following in the country whereby these girls think, oh, I'll get popular if I just change my gender or if I just say I'm coming out as transgender. And we see it every single day. And if you don't believe me, watch the TikTok videos and other videos of preschool teachers influencing little children that they may be in the wrong bodies. And then you'll start to see why we are where we are. And so parents, you've got to start instilling countercultural messages uh, into the hearts and minds of your children. Be alert to the messages that your kids are constantly getting from other people, particularly from schools and uh, influencers in the culture. And then you've got to spend the time counteracting them with biblical truth. So whether it's their physical appearance, whether it's um, how they feel, com- you know, what level of comfort they feel with their own body, if they have if they have trouble, like, uh, you know, accepting who they are. And we all do that, right? That That's why I love so much the search for significance, because it points you back to the Lord and it doesn't deny the, the struggles that we have, you know, um, whether it's a search for significance or whether we're feeling insecure. There's a whole lot of insecurity. And honestly, a lot of this, um, the transgender movement is rooted in insecurity. And when we're not teaching our children where their identity comes from, and that God made them beautiful just the way they are, they're going to start listening to voices who are going to say, oh, you don't feel great about where you are right now? We can fix that for you. Um, But it goes back to what we talked about the other day, to encouraging our children and ourselves to direct our thanksgiving to God for the things he has given us, for the people that he has made us, and then live in a way that brings honor to him through the way that we, uh, we walk this life out. Also, and this goes without saying, please limit the screen time of your children it has everything to do with their self-esteem, with how they feel about who they are and how they see themselves reflected in other people. Um, but just reminding our, our kids that um, there are lots of things that they can be engaging in besides getting on their phones and getting on the internet uh, and then encouraging your children to serve other people. Because when our focus, and I kind of talked about this at, uh, at the end of last week, when our focus is on other people, when we start seeing other people as um, worthy of serving and worthy of coming alongside, I mean, how can we bring solutions and help and hope to other people? It, there's something it does in taking our eyes off of ourselves, and it gives us that purpose. It makes us feel needed. It helps. It's going to help your children realize that they can contribute to helping other people um, become the best people that God's created them to be. And then through that service, our kids learn, yes, I can make a difference and I do have something of value to offer. And both of these things obviously related to self-esteem. So again, the books that I mentioned today, Irreversible Damage, uh, The Transgender Craze, Seducing Our Daughters by Abigail Schreier, and also The Search for Significance, and then Becoming Mom Strong, How to Fight with All That's in You for Your Family and Your Faith. Uh, Start reading. There's so much to be uh, gained in understanding these issues and then applying the word of God to them. So I hope you guys will join me. We've started studying how to study the Bible at momstronginternational.com and we cannot wait to see you there. Thanks for listening today, everybody. Have a great day. I've got a wonderful guest on tomorrow. I'll see you back here at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at momstronginternational.com.